It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all of the usual caveats of course with you as always i'm your ever so humble host tim tap coming to you live from historic Rome county tennessee i want to give a quick shout out to everybody listening to kyah 540 a.m utah's talk authority thanks for tuning in i certainly appreciate you guys uh quick reminder though 
The show is not airing live there. This is a rebroadcast for you guys. Uh, technically, this show is being broadcast live Wednesday evening. And tomorrow's show, which you'll hear on Sunday, the tomorrow's show for you guys, will be done live on Friday. So for those of you who would like to tune in for a live broadcast as well, you can find me here at the BTR and then turn around and maybe you can get involved in the chat room and be part of the conversation and uh, get to hear yourselves uh, on your local station. A uh, quick shout out to Mary, who has already joined us in the chat room. We're glad to have the chat room working. Last broadcast I was in here, uh, I and BTR wasn't getting along very well. <laughs> and Unfortunately, I was feeling a little under the weather, had something of a stomach bug that just wouldn't let go, but I soldiered on. Uh, Sunday, I was unable uh, to do the live show, and uh, this upcoming Sunday, just as a programming note for those of you who are tuning in and like to tune into the live broadcast, there will not be a live show this coming Sunday either, this time uh, due to the Labor Day holiday. I know, I know, I don't normally take time off for holidays. Uh, especially if the show falls directly on said holiday on the normal scheduling. But I will actually be traveling during uh, that time frame, so I will not be doing it. And at this point, I haven't found anybody that I would trust co-hosting that has either the time or the willingness to stand in and uh, be a a fill-in host just yet. So uh, there's plenty of folks that I would, but most of them just don't have uh, the time themselves. And strangely enough, they're uh, most of them are hosts themselves, and uh, you know they're kind of busy. Yeah, they have their own things to go. Uh, thank you, Mary. Mary says that I'm entitled, uh, so I appreciate that. I think a lot of us probably are entitled to a lot more time than we give ourselves. But that is that. And so much for all the pre-show hoopla. Uh, Looking forward to today's broadcast here at the bottom of the first hour. I will be joined by, once again, Mr. Julio Rivera. Uh, Of course, he's the uh, editorial director for Reactionary Times. And now we have an upcoming show. He's going to be a co-host. You'll probably be hearing a lot about this show in the future. It's called... America's Common Ground. Uh, Basically, it's a panel discussion reality show where they get uh, a various group of people where they have a table discussion. And then Julio and a co-host sit back and they discuss some of the things that are being said and they kind of analyze what the different folks are doing to. And ultimately, they have uh, an elimination process where if you violate the rules of the discussion, uh, you get what they call flags, and they can actually hand out little American flags, and it's kind of cool. Uh, if you are so interested, you can check out uh, some of the uh, some of the previews that are already posted up on uh, Vimo. Uh, so we'll certainly get Julio to talk about that. But the primary purpose of having Julio on, uh, we'll be discussing exactly how much the murder of Molly Tibbetts is going to factor into the midterm elections. Uh, there seems to be a lot of folks that simply not going to let go of that. They're intent on politicizing it and uh, so on and so forth. See that Bigfoot has joined us in the chat room as well. Uh, welcome back to the show, Bigfoot. And we have a guest, guest 225, who's been kind of bouncing in and out. So welcome to the chat room and uh, hope you enjoy the show. Um, I guess 
Dr. Matt Julio. And then at the top of the second hour, I am scheduled to be joined by Cody Wilson. Uh, of course, the uh, famous for being the author of Come and Take It, The Gun Printer's Guide to Thinking Free. Um, best known now for the man who's trying to post and sell 3D printing uh, blueprints for firearms. Uh, he's in the midst of a big legal battle, and he is actually uh, kicking off a campaign, I'm presuming an effort to try and help pay for legal expenses. Uh, so he'll be joining us, and we'll be talking about uh, the fundraising campaign and, of course, uh, a little bit about the uh, framework of this legal battle he has found himself in uh, in his efforts to defend the Second Amendment. So uh, we'll have that, and uh, should be interesting. Uh, I think so. He's been on before. In fact, I think a couple of times. Been a little while back. But, uh, you know, we've been kind of awkward and had a hard time connecting on both occasions. So hopefully things will go a little more smoothly uh, this evening. And certainly a lot more to talk about uh, than the usual, uh, this legal battle. And Probably sounding a little uh, more nasally than this evening. Uh, you may have noticed. Uh, struggling to maybe do a little mouth breathing. Yeah, I've had this stomach thing uh, for better than a week now. Where I'm better, but it still has me not feeling well. And now I'm starting to get this sinus thing to go with. Uh, just, you know, when the immune system is down, uh, things happen. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to trying to get a little bit of rest. But I'm here. I'm going to do the show. I'm hanging in. I'm a trooper. But uh, if I sound a little weird at times, or you know, that's that's why I'm actually having to do a little more of the genuine mouth breathing. It's not a good thing, especially for radio. But if you pick up on that, you're not imagining it. Uh, it is uh, it's a real thing. It's <laughs> and I hate it. But, uh, you know, we will continue. All right, ladies and gentlemen. This was bringing late this evening, and I came across it, and obviously I had little choice but to share it. Uh, you know, we were – we've been following this story, uh, the New Mexico compound where we had the jihadist folks that were running a training camp trying to teach their children uh, to commit school shootings and – and the likes there. Uh, you know, it, it's amazing how quickly the media has turned away from the story. They don't want to talk about it. And it's only being kept alive uh, through conservative source medias. On breaking this evening, District Judge Emilio Chavez dismissed all charges against three of the five extremist Muslims connected to the New Mexico compound claiming that prosecutors did not move fast enough in the case according to the state's laws. Uh, this is a quote. Uh, child abuse charges against uh, Lucas Morton, Subhana Wahaza, I know I'm butchering that last name, and uh, Huzara uh, Wahaza, also still butchering that last name, but the same as the first. So Huzara, Subhana, and Lucas Morton. Uh, All these charges, child abuse, dropped because prosecutors missed the 10-day limit for an evidentiary hearing to establish probable cause. Now, charges do remain in place for two 
of the individuals. One is uh, Sira Abin Wahaz, and then uh, Janie Laville. <laughs> and I'm probably still butchering the names. And I, again, ordinarily I apologize, but this group of folks I'm not particularly concerned about um, if I offend them. <laughs> Primarily because obviously they had bad intentions. Remember how at the top of the show uh, I tend to tell everybody that I hope they're having a fantastic day with all the usual caveats, of course. That being one of the caveats, if you're a violent criminal or if you're currently engaged in violent jihad, these folks were jihadists of the violent variety. Their intentions were bad, so again, eh, not too concerned. Because for them to have a great day, it means some innocent folks are going to have to have a bad day. So, yeah, as I was saying, charges remain in place for these two, who are accused of a variety of crimes related to child abuse after 11 children were found starving in the filthy compound. Now, according to court filings uh, that we can go back to from early August – or they revealed that uh, the Sahaz, Sahaz, I don't know, allegedly conducted weapons training with assault rifles. I love the fact that we're still using the term allegedly because, you know, that's the legal terminology we should. They're innocent until proven guilty no matter what we walked into. Allegedly conducted weapons training with assault rifles with the intent of having the kids commit school shootings. CNN reported uh, this week that the investigators had found a handwritten document titled Phrases of a Terrorist Attack. Not phrases, phases. Phases. That was a typo that I came across, so there we go. Phases of a Terrorist Attack. And that the extremist Muslims had allegedly planned to attack a hospital. So schools, hospitals, law enforcement, libraries, any soft target they could find, evidently. According to Fox News, uh, they noted that Judge Chavez reportedly struggled with the decision but said that he had no choice other than to follow the law, adding that prosecutors can still ask a grand jury to indict the three. So there, that is the uh, relatively breaking news on this story at this moment. I would imagine it'll still be a relatively hot topic come Saturday morning for those of you listening at KYAH. So, you know, I, I, I've got this got this bag of mixed emotions here. These folks are clearly dangerous, and it seems like we've got two separate judges that. Uh, have been instrumental in letting these folks walk free. Now, in this case, Judge Chavez, if the law says the prosecutors have 10 days to get this done, then so be it. That's the law. Then the judge followed the law, and you can't fault him for that. You can fault the law if you disagree, but the judge did what he's supposed to do. Doesn't make it any easier to swallow. Doesn't make it any safer for the people of New Mexico or any place else. These folks were engaged and involved in this. And I mean, legitimately, I, I used the phrasing in a post uh, when the story was first going around that uh, they have views that would make an ISIS terrorist 
refer to them as extremists. Keep in mind the ISIS are generally uh, ISIS folks are generally considered to be extremists uh, wherever they come from, and that's at least what the media keeps telling us as well. In this case, I think it's for these folks are the equivalent of the Westboro Baptist uh, in the Muslim world. Uh, they're just they're out there. They're they're taking the strictest interpretations of the holy books, and they want to live it out. They were engaged in a training camp. Hold on. Still, ask the grand jury to indict. Now, well, obviously, something needs to be done to get this written bond in the first place was ridiculous. Oh, here, let me sign a piece of paper that says I promise to show up for court or I will pay you. Now, if these people decided to go on the run, they'd be gone. They'd be in the wind. They're in New Mexico for crying out loud. They could probably easily get into Mexico from where they're at, or it probably wouldn't be that hard for them to go in the other direction and get into Canada before anybody knew they'd went anywhere. It's a dangerous group of people wherever they go, and they've proven that they want to go hurt folks. And the thing I really don't understand is why… We have a set of circumstances where the media has just suddenly went quiet on the story. I mean, isn't school shootings one of the big to-dos? I mean, they're not even trying to make hay on the gun control issue here. It would be really great if we uh, practiced some gun control. Look at what these people did. But instead, these people were basically turned loose by signing a piece of paper. They had… The majority of the evidence of their crimes covered up, literally by bulldozers, literally covered up at the order of the court, presumably to prevent them from going back so that they would have to find more appropriate living conditions. And yet we still have this ongoing, and it seems like the worst thing that any of them are actually going to get charged with is possible child abuse, but it looks questionable at that. So what's the deal with the prosecutor not having this this hearing within the 10-day time period? I mean if that is the law in New Mexico, the prosecutor is well aware of the law, or at least I certainly hope so. Otherwise, why in the name of all is holy in heaven are you the prosecutor? It's literally your job to know these things. Now, maybe you're just going through the prosecutor's office, and you're planning on being a politician, and this is just a step along the way. But then that takes me back to what I ask every single politician uh, that uh, holds an office. For the love of Pete, do your job. You ask for this job. You beg and plead for this job. You beg and plead for money so you can afford to beg and plead on radio and television and through print ads and any other fundraising stuff that you do uh, to beg and plead yet other people to give you this job. Sometimes it's going to be unpleasant. Sometimes it's going to mean you have to do things that may not really jibe with what you promised folks, but you do your job. 
the prosecutor here is at fault. The judge, I know I've already heard a lot of folks going going hard at this judge, but ultimately how much grief do we give judges on a regular basis for ignoring the law? I mean we that's a topic that comes up a lot here, especially it seems like in uh, the West Coast states. Seems to happen more in Oregon here lately than even in California. But we do. We give judges a very hard time for ignoring the law. And now this judge actually followed the law and executed the law the way he's supposed to, and he's catching flat. I mean, I understand why people feel that way. I think, like I said, I felt that way too. But he, the the problem here is with the prosecutor. I want to know why the prosecutor didn't have this hearing if they were really planning on moving forward with this child abuse. It's clearly a case where there was child abuse. I'm wondering if this has something to do with the defense lawyer's arguments in the initial hearing that got them their signature bond, where they made claims of racism and bigotry towards their faith. It's like, I'm sorry, but… If you're out in the middle of nowhere on someone else's property where you weren't legally allowed to be in the first place, and you're operating essentially a training camp for children to commit acts of jihad, to commit acts of terrorism on American soil, then you're not being persecuted. You're being prosecuted. I mean that, there is a difference. If I go out onto the street and I start talking about how I love Jesus, and then somebody comes along and punches me in the face because they don't want to hear about Jesus, then I'm being persecuted. If I go out onto the street and I start talking about Jesus, and then I grab somebody walking by and shake them because they're not listening, then I go to jail. I'm being prosecuted. It's not the same. The reaction is different. It's a matter of what you were doing. I mean, and clearly, the, if you're not going to go after terrorism charges, if you're not going to go after uh, illegal uh, guns, although actually most of the guns they had, uh, the claim is all the guns were identified 100% as being legally acquired. I don't know. That seems like an awful lot of weapons on those premises for all of them to be legally acquired, especially with one of the people there being a – Fugitive from the state of Georgia, but hey, okay, the laws there in some places are a little more permissive than in others, so maybe so. But it's it's so clear that there was such bad intentions. Why would you walk away from this? Why would you not charge these people with everything you can charge them with? Anyway, the point being, just don't be. Too angry with the judge. The judge in this case was following the law. Either be mad at the prosecutor or be mad at the law that's written. And most of us uh, that are in the chat room right now, I know uh, we typically don't live in New Mexico. So realistically, we don't have much of a dog in that fight until these people migrate somewhere else. And as soon as these people migrate somewhere else, and eventually they will, then they become someone else's problem. 
this is not a good problem to have, ladies and gentlemen. This, this is not the kind of thing that we should take lightly. We're not talking about somebody that was just um, facing Mecca five times a day and uh, chanting over loudspeakers, annoying their neighbors. We're talking about people that were actually engaged in planning of attacks in schools and hospitals and of law enforcement. These are exactly the kind of people that makes it impossible for the Muslims that aren't a threat to be able to live peacefully in places. And it's just – it's almost as frustrating to see the way this is playing out to this point as it is to continue to see people choosing to over-politicize the other recent events. The Molly Tibbetts murder, you know, I, I've mentioned it briefly. I haven't really wanted to get into it. We'll get into it a little more with Julio Rivera here when he gets uh, on with us in a little bit, just a few moments actually. But I've I, have not talked much about it, and what I have said, I've been critical of the over-politicalization of it. I, we need to be able to let people grieve. And then when it comes to John McCain, I haven't said anything at all about John McCain's passing. I, you know, I had an opportunity. I've had a couple of chances on air since he announced he would no longer uh, be receiving treatment. So this was a couple of days before his death. And at this point, there is still such vitriol and such hatred towards the man. There's nothing left that we can do to lash at him. And he still has family members, people who loved him, who saw him as something other than this politician who betrayed uh, the mantle of conservatism on multiple occasions. Of course, the media has tried to whitewash this, uh, all the media, not just mainstream, not just liberal leftist media, but a lot of uh, more conservative media also has too. But I've still seen so much vitriol, and it's been from both sides of the aisle too. There's still a lot of uh, lefties on uh, Twitter that were trolling everybody they could. They just loving the fact that we want to dance on his grave. But there are a lot of conservatives, especially I uh, noticed on Facebook in particular, that – you know they're not willing to let it go. They still want to be angry at the man, and it doesn't do any good at this point. Now, the hate for McCain is coming from a lot of different people, and it's not just Trump supporters. It's not just one group or another, and it really doesn't matter who it's coming from. My criticism and critique is the fact that this should not be a politicized event. This, in the lives of those people he's left behind, is a tragedy for them. Now, I found myself in nearly complete disagreement with him a multitude of times well before he decided to run for president. But my problems with him were based on policy. My problems with him was based on the fact that you know, he ran around claiming to be conservative, but when it came to social issues, he was anything but, at least in his last few years. I acknowledged 
the fact that at one point in time, this man fit every definition of an American hero. And his service to the country when he was in the military was exemplary. If we don't start letting some of this stuff go and don't find some ground where we can get back to start treating people like people. And I blame social media a lot for this because at this point a lot of us are just just screen names or just icons, and we don't consider the risk of running into anyone. We don't think about having to go face-to-face with any of these folks. I mean it would be real easy for me to sit here and just blast, spat out all the, the most hateful, vitriolic stuff. But every time I get truly angry, I could get on a roll and then start saying stuff that I certainly would mean at the time but probably wouldn't mean 30 minutes later. And I would feel really good at first because I'd gotten all that stuff off my chest, but then – I, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on your point of view, have a conscience, and I would feel bad about it later. Well, New Orleans, I really – and for those of you that are just listening, I, I am doing some of the live interaction with folks in the chat room at the moment. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of this stuff that has very little to do with core Trump support, so I'm, I'm not going to – so that a lot of these folks have – so I would consider myself a Trump supporter at this point because I, while I don't like a lot of the things he says, I don't like the way he presents himself publicly a lot of the times, I still look at the actions, and I look at what has actually occurred, and most of how Donald Trump has at least attempted and most of what he has accomplished are pro for America. They're good for America, and that's all of America and all of Americans. As far as the supporters are concerned, yeah, there were a lot of people that were turned off, and again, the media needed to back off of some of this too. The media really should have let a lot of this go because there's nothing – Trump was put in a no-win situation. Trump had his little dust-up with McCain in, during the early days of the campaign, and it was ridiculous, and he said some stuff that – Pretty crappy, but when he put 